0: One of the most popular ideas in the world today, even among many Christian leaders, is a form of universalism. It is the idea that there are many different roads to God, and that one is no better than any other. Faithful Christians who disagree are characterized as intolerant bigots. So, what about it? Are there many roads to God? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to Biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. And I'm delighted to have once more with me this week, for the fourth time, Eric Barger. Eric is the uh, Uh, founder and director of a ministry called Take a Stand. I love that name brother. (laughs) Glad to have you back with us. Thank you brother. Appreciate you you sharing your insights with us uh, over these four programs. Also with me this week is uh, Nathan Jones who is our Web Minister. And uh, Nathan is the one that you will be communicating with if you get on our website. He's there eight hours a day uh, talking with people all over the world. Nathan why don't you start us off with the first question.
1: All right. Well it seems like the number one virtue today is tolerance. That we have to tolerate everything under the sun that once was considered evil, like homosexuality. Okay, so is Christianity then, and like Dave led off with, is Christianity one of many paths?
2: Well, that's the the politically correct question today. Mm-hmm. You know, it says that uh, there must be other paths. Oprah says there's more paths. That could Oprah be wrong. That's, the world would say that, of course, you know. But yeah. really, they're, they're saying that, uh, you know, you've got to be tolerant and that all paths are okay. And, and that, of course, universalists have taught this for a long time. In fact, many Christians have bought into the idea. And we go back to the first century, we see a couple of the church fathers who explored it, but then gave up on the ideas of universalism. The idea that many paths lead to God or that all religions can lead you to the same place. I heard uh, Oprah arguing with a couple of her her. Uh, audience members about whether uh, there was just one way or many ways. Now, just to get the philosophy right, if there's any other path to get to God, then our God, the Christian God is the worst of all gods who would send his son to needlessly die on a cross Mm-hmm. when we could get there through Buddhism, Hinduism, or some other way. So the we works. must have the worst, the most heinous of all gods, the the most callous and cruel who would sacrifice his son for nothing. Uh, when I hear people say that all paths lead to God I have to stop and remind them how could that be true uh, if Jesus claimed I am the way, the truth. He didn't say me and Buddha and Confucius or whatever you make up as your own religion is the way. He said I am the way, the truth, and the life. The world doesn't like exclus- exclusivity.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think I said that very good. What do you think?
0: <laughs> good to me well so, I know what you're talking about, yeah,, yeah. but the world
2: yeah. doesn 't like that idea, the idea of being exclusive, saying that it 's the only way, but the truth is, we as Christians have to present that as the fact. And uh, you know God has to sort this out. We are just the messengers. We we can't change the message along the way to try to get the world to accept half the message. It is all or nothing Well we are not the
0: ones who are saying that Christianity is the only way. Jesus said it was. That's right. Yeah. Peter said it was.
2: But we are bound to, to keep that gospel right. and to hold to that gospel.
0: Peter said there is no other name under heaven by which you can be That's saved right. except the name of Jesus Christ. That's right. So, so who are we to say different?
1: Who are these people then who are saying that all past lead? I mean what kind of insights do they have into this that says, that all paths lead to God. What is the commonality that gives the, them that? The I commonality
2: have? is that a loving God could never judge.
1: So, okay.
2: But a loving God, if it's really the God we see in the Bible, He's a God of love and a God of justice. And you can't have His absolute love without also having justice. Mm. And Jesus went willingly to that cross. God said, Go, He went, and He went willingly that we could then once again know God because we are all separated from God by sin. And those are things that the world at large around us doesn't want want to come to that conclusion. They don't want to believe that we're all sinners. They want to just say that we're good. So they deny what the scripture says about that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And what Jeremiah 17 says, that the heart is deceitful and wicked inside men. They don't want that. They want the loving God without, without a cross to go to. They don't want a bloody cross to to bring us back into reconciliation with God. They want to believe that we can be there just because we live or exist.
1: So if we are all sinners then if we are all sinners and we have committed sin then you can't punish the child molester, you can't punish the person because to punish them would be to punish ourselves because we are also guilty.
2: People will say, you know, well how could a loving God send anybody to hell? And to turn that around I would say how can a just God... Send his own son to rescue anybody from it when we've all sinned and decided to go our own way.
0: There's another aspect of uh, this idea of many roads to God. In fact, it's, uh, I, th- I would say, inalienable from it, and that is the idea that all religions worship the same God. Do they?
2: No. No. And I'm very concerned about the the movement that's going on right Mm -hmm. now amongst evangelicals and Muslim scholars Mm -hmm. to try to somehow coagulate the two together. Allah is the
0: same as uh, uh, Yahweh.
2: Yeah. Jehovah God and Allah are not the same.
0: Uh, How are they different?
2: Well, Allah is the God of the Korish tribe. He was one of over 300 gods worshipped at the Kaaba in ancient Mecca many, many years ago in the 7th century. And uh, by the way, the, the god of Islam was the god of Muhammad's tribe, which he installed by the sword. Yes. Well, anyway, every Muslim cleric who understands Islam knows that, and they are Behind our backs I believe pretty much laughing at the idea that Christians would buy into the idea that Jehovah and Allah are the same mm-hmm. now Muslims will follow along up until about Genesis chapter 16 but it's there with um, with which which son went up the mountain with Abraham that they separate from us believing that that of course uh, 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 their uh, their birthright has been stolen at that point mm. in time.
0: But the God of, of, of Islam is totally different from the God of Christianity. He's a God who is aloof. Yes. He is distant. There, uh, He is never uh, mentioned as a God of love anywhere in the Quran. That's just uh, uh, apart from it. You never know for sure whether you are saved or not because God is arbitrary. It's all
2: about works. Yeah. You can even do the five pillars of Islam yes. and end up at the end with too many things on the, there's two angels in Islam. Every person has two angels, right? There's a, a recording angel to write down the good things you do and the bad things you do. And you can be very orthodox about all your, all your life, but if you do too many bad things there's no guarantee you make it into paradise. Yale University is spearheading this idea of bringing evangelicals and liberals and Muslims together to make us somehow agree that yeah. all got that that one god is the same god I wrote uh, articles. They're uh, posted on my website right now about this. One was, "I can't sign the letter." That's the name of the article. I could not ever, if I was asked to, sign the letter that Yale put out that says Allah and Jehovah are the same. This is not the same God. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, I want to find commonality whenever I can to discuss things with other humans. But if they're trying to to come together under the banner that their God is our God, no way.
0: But the logic often runs like this: the Muslims believe there is one and God, only one. We believe, Christians, there is only one God. Therefore, they must believe the same God.
1: Well, how then they explain Buddhism, where there is no God, or Hinduism, where everything is God? How can all these religions be the same path well, when the destination is well, how would you totally answer that,
0: the logic that they believe one God, yeah. we believe one God, therefore we must believe the same God? Two different gods. There's <laughs> only one God, capital G. <laughs> yeah. You know that's the thing.
2: Only one God, mm-hmm. capital G, There's a lot of false gods. A lot of false gods. And uh, we, you know, we look at the scripture in Galatians chapter one. Though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel than the one that was preached by the apostles. That the apostle Paul is saying this. Let the messenger be accursed. Let alone the false gospel. Mm-hmm. And he says it again, verse eight and nine. Verse nine, he says, "I so as I said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel than the one we have preached to you, let him be accursed." We are. We are by our being, by our being Christians. We are bound to preach the one and true gospel, which says that Jesus died on the sins uh, for the sins of the entire world
0: when He went to the cross. that world, you mean people? Yes, I certainly do. Mother I, Earth.
2: I, 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 yes, I don't have the, uh, the the emergent idea of what the world is. The world is, is the law. A few
0: minutes ago, you mentioned something about judging. You said that people don't believe that God should, would judge, and loving God would not judge. And a part of that also is that we should not judge each other. You know, I, I've noticed on the Oprah show or shows of that nature, if anybody ever stands up in the audience and says, "Well, I think what you're doing is just wrong or immoral." The audience turns on them like a pack of wolves. Who are you to judge? Who are you to say what's right or wrong? It's different strokes for different folks. Now this leads to a major question that has to do with discernment. And that is that over and over every time I write an article in which I say this particular guy is way off base here I get ten emails saying, Thou shalt not judge, we are not to judge one another's. How do you respond to that?
2: Yeah, I, I've got them too, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because every time you mention something about what right and wrong is, yes. somebody comes back with the scripture, and it's the only scripture that seems like the atheist knows. I know. Judge not, I lest do. you be judged. You know, I get it all the time. But you use righteous judgment. The scripture tells sure. us we must judge. Absolutely. Anybody, anybody who tells you or tells a, a, a viewer right now that we're not to judge <laughs> does not know what the scripture says. That's the only way we can know what truth is.
0: Over and over, the Bible says, test this, test this, test this, test this. Right yourself. Right. How can you do that if you don't judge? That's right. I mean you've got that's to right. say what He's doing is wrong.
2: Now Jesus was dealing with hypocrisy there, don't judge unjustly, Yes, judge righteously. Right. And that's what we must do by using the Bible. I'm not perfect, we're not perfect. We know that. But what we're saying is the Scripture is truth. It is perfect.
0: And it doesn't mean you have to go and hit the person over the head with the Bible or, that's right. or, or act like you're some self-righteous uh, bigot, but you must at least confront them with the truth. That, that's exactly right. that requires right. judgment. Yes. Well, that I I get it all the time, and the other one that I get, if you ever say anything critical of someone in Christianity, even though he may be totally off the wall, immediately it's the statement that you shall not touch those who are anointed by the Lord.
2: Yeah, and of course that's David speaking about Saul. I know. whole different thing. (laughs) I mean if if that was a New Testament edict in that fashion that of course is being used about then the book of Titus, both books to Timothy, (laughs) both books of the Thessalonians, all that would be thrown out the window. Uh, The book of Titus is very clear that those who bring division, those who are preaching false doctrine, their mouths, Paul said, must be stopped.
0: Paul even rebuked Peter. Yeah. Exactly. Not only that, but mm-hmm. he also said, "Hey, here's two guys, he named them. Don't have anything to do with them because they're teaching the resurrection's already occurred."
2: That's right. That's right. And if we don't mention those things or point those things out, we do an injustice to the church and we do damage to what the scripture tells us to do. We we abuse our calling.
0: So you're saying point blank there are not many roads to God.
2: There's only one path. I'd love to tell people there's more than one way. I'd love to announce that that the book says there's more than one way. But but there's only one way according to the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come to the Father but by me. Either that's true or the Bible's not true, and Jesus was a liar.
0: And it makes Christianity really the most distinctive religion in the world because it's the only one that teaches that you cannot earn salvation. Every other religion I know of teaches salvation by works.
2: I started to mention that about Islam because yeah. they are completely hung up on the idea of being good enough. Uh, and now we see this worming its way into, into so-called Christian circles with liberalism telling us if you're just good enough, if you just get baptized, just join the church, join enough committees in your church, do a little good works here and there, read your Bible once in a while, come to church on Sunday and make sure you give your tithe. If, as long as you do all that, everything's okay. God will sign off on you. But the, That's not how you get there. That That's there, not how you become a Christian.
1: That there even is a way. Is a wonderful thing that God provided us a way to get to heaven. It's like there's a guy drowning in the ocean and sharks are nipping at his heels and a boat pulls up and they throw out the life preserver and the guy yells back to the boat, well, Can I have one in pink instead? Or <laughs> how about square? Do you have a square one? The guys are on the ship like, Take it, the shark's there. And he ends up drowning as he tries to swim to the boat. It's impossible. We have a way and it's a wonderful thing. Why do you need other ways to get to heaven when God's given yeah. us one?
2: I've said so long that the world doesn't like these ideas. But our mission is to try to cut them off before they run headlong off the cliff. There you go. And even if they don't like it when we tackle them. When we get them up and walk them to the edge to show them where they were about to go, yeah. they'll be for eternally grateful for us. So our mission isn't to see if they'll like us or not. And too many churches and too many of, and we, we all could name the names of the people who do this. The philosophy's out there that says, oh, you don't want to preach about that stuff. It's negative to church growth. It'll run people off. I say, we've got to preach the truth and God will then save who he will save. Who are we? We don't save anybody. We are God's glorified FedEx messengers. We we bring the whole truth to them. We've got to bring the whole truth that then the Holy Spirit can work and save them. And telling people that there are more than one way or you have your way and I've got mine, you got your way and you got yours. That that all that does is help damn souls.
0: Eric I never cease to be amazed at how Christians are so easily deceived by uh Books that are being published today. Uh, one that uh, comes to mind is The Celestine Prophecy. I remember when uh, that was so popular, and Christians all over the place were reading that and getting uh, goosebumps and so forth, and it was just as new age as it could possibly be. But in recent uh, months, uh, there has been one a book in particular that has concerned me because it uh, is much more subtle than The Celestine Prophecy. On the surface, it appears to be just simply a very heart wrenching, emotional tale about a parent trying to cope with the loss of a child. And it grabs the emotions. And as you well know when you grab the emotions uh, the mind doesn't work uh, too well. And that book is called The Shack. And uh, I read it and I was deeply concerned about it theologically. What is your attitude about The Shack?
2: I have the the same opinion. But you know we are in an era when Christians will defend to the teeth the Harry Potter books. They will then see nothing wrong with the shack. And, and you know, it sounds like we're really down on the church. We're not, we are, I'm for the oh, church, man. I'm man. for the local church. Man. I mean, that's my ministry is to the local church. I go out and speak in the local churches 40 or more times a year, 40 weeks a year. And so I want to see the church changed and turned around so we all will understand or so that people will understand biblical thinking, get biblical worldview in their hearts. Mm-hmm. But when you have the shack come in with that has so many fraught, I mean it's fraught with problems, so many different problems in it, it makes you wonder how could the church have accepted this so easily. The only way is we turned off our biblical worldview and let our emotions guide us because it is, as you said, a very well, emotional story, okay. Uh, the shack is is by a, a fellow named William Paul Young, he likes to be called Paul. He is a, a Bible school graduate. He graduated from Warner Pacific College in Portland. Portland, Oregon after going to school in Canada in another Bible school, one that I have spoken in by the way. Uh, this is his first book. And uh, there are several things in it. First of all, God passes a note to him to tell him to meet him in the shack, a place in the Oregon wilderness where uh, his little girl, we assume from the book, was murdered there. A very tragic story. Well, so God is now reduced to passing notes to people. I thought God spoke through his word and through his holy spirit to us, okay. but now it's notes. So when God comes to the shack, God comes in the form of an African American woman named Papa. Now it's tough to talk about because of the genders going on here. Well, Papa is a god, a an, a, an African style or a black god from Polynesian occultism. Hmm. This is where it came from. Now, right. he, he's not about to announce this when he goes on Christian TV and radio, the, the author, and talk about this. And there's been many Christian ministries that I'm shocked that they have offered this book and talked about it favorably. But that Papa figure comes from Polynesian occultism, basically. Okay. The The Holy Spirit in this book is an Asian woman. And the Jesus in the book is never called the Christ. What does that tell you it 's another Jesus, and of course, Paul warns us that there 'll be false Jesus' false Gospels, false spirits, second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three, and four, and I think it fits that that' and you classification. Don't
0: think that's any that they've never called the christ
2: i don 't think it 's any accident at all as i 've read, so we have a Trinity, but not the Trinity in the book mm-hmm. now. The next thing we see and there are many things but I'll just bring out a couple for time's sake Jesus is said to be the best way to know Papa, not the way to know Papa.
0: the best way.
2: Yeah. Very <laughs> subtle language there that Good leaves boy, the door you open. believe it is.: Yeah, that leaves the door open for, of course, universalism to be a, a, a truth that he's trying to bring out. The third thing is that the author crafts God into the image of a man. First, it says in Romans chapter 1, verses 21, 22, and 23, that is forbidden for us to do, to craft God into the image of a man. And, and I know it's an, uh, um, a novel, and I realize you can take liberties in a novel, you can't in, a, in some other type of book. But in this case, this is playing with something that the Scripture speaks so clearly about. Now, the author... Uh, is a good friend with a professor at Western Seminary in Portland who has written a very scholarly 38-page paper and has broken ties with his friend, Paul Young. The uh, the, uh, author of this paper is named James D. Young, Uh, And he's written this paper saying that he knows Paul Young is a universalist. They've had arguments about it. They have talked about it over and over. And yet Paul Young is going on television programs, Christian TV programs, and in in Q&A sessions after he speaks in churches and volunteering out of the blue, saying, I'm not a universalist. And yet nobody's asking the question, but he's volunteering it. And here's why. Because according to to, um, this James D. Young, this professor at Western Seminary, the editors of the book they took over a year trying to convince him to take the universalism out of the book and he never got it all the way out. It's still there. <laughs> so this is
0: not just a guess that this is a universalist,
2: no, right? This this is a guy and he's teaching what's called reconciling universalism, which is different than the idea that all paths lead to God. Okay. That's classical universalism. Reconciling universalism says that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, that God wishes none to perish, so we're all saved. Oh, It's the same thing that Carlton Pearson fell into up in Tulsa. The same heresy. And by the way, the doors of that church are totally closed now. And he sent the rest of his people to a Unitarian church in Mm -hmm, Tulsa. mm -hmm. It's the idea that uh, we're already saved and we need to tell the world that bring the missionaries in off the field because if they're in a dangerous place, they're in the wrong place because we don't have to tell anybody. Everybody's saved whether they ever heard about Jesus or not. This completely destroys the message of the Bible to think like that. But that's what reconciling universalism is all about, and the shack teaches it. And it's shocking to me how many seasoned Christians have shut off their biblical thinking because of the emotional grip the story has on them from yeah. the very
0: beginning of the book. Okay, well, I tell you, I think you've summed it up pretty well there. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Eric, as we bring this series of programs to an end, I want to give you an opportunity to do something that you haven't had an opportunity to do yet. And I really wanted you to do it. And that is to just look right into that camera and speak to any viewer who may be watching this moment who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior.
2: I can only say that I I wish I would have done it earlier. I went to church as a child, got far away from God. Finally, after my life got to the very bottom of the barrel, I finally said yes to Jesus. You don't have to wait till you get to that place. Uh, I, I know a lot of people watching right now uh, have had church backgrounds. A lot of you go to church. But if you're not positive, you know Jesus is Lord and Savior. You need to pray a simple prayer and ask Him to come into your heart. And then turn from your sin and walk toward Him, and follow Him, and seek Him. It's one thing to pray a simple prayer. It's another thing to then turn from your sin and walk after Him. I just wish I would have done that
0: earlier. What do you say to a person who is sitting there and saying, okay Eric, but you don't understand. You don't understand how evil I've been. You don't understand the horrible sins that I've committed. God could never forgive me of what I've done.
2: I know when I read in the Scripture that Paul said he was the worst of sinners, I wondered, did God know who I was? Because I know what I was, Dr. Dave. I I know where I was and what I was. And um, God forgave me of my sins and cleansed me and delivered me from drugs. And He can change any life, any person. He loves us. He wants the best for us. He's just there for you if you'll call out to Him. and and trust in the name of Jesus.
0: Thank you so much. And one other thing, would you tell the viewers how they can get in touch with your ministry and get some of your wonderful materials?
2: Thank you. Uh, The website again is ericbarger.com, E-R-I-C-B-A-R-G-E-R dot com. And uh, we'll have a link there that folks can tap that link and we'll send you out an information pack. And if you don't have web uh, access you can of course call us at 214 289-5244 289-5244 and that's to get a list of our materials or for me to come to your church and I would love to contact you. Thank you.
1: Dave always asks this question and I'm going to beat Dr. Reagan to the punch this time. No matter what your background is he'll ask you this so I'm going to do it this time. Okay. Do you believe we're in the season of the Lord's
2: return and if so why? I believe I could be living at the time when He'll return. I hope if I'm 99 behind a pulpit on a Sunday night the last thing I preach about is the rapture and the coming of the Lord that 's where I believe we 're at Why do you, what do
0: you what would you say is the most important sign to you that we may be living in the season of the lord 's return?
2: Well, my expertise in dealing with cults and the occult, I believe the occult and supernaturalism had to rise mm-hmm. the, uh, the the craving for supernaturalism i think it 's one of the signs, but the great apostasia the apostasy that we see around us. You want some more? Uh, Is Israel becoming a state again? I mean we have so many things that have happened that we see the signs of the times uh, Jesus told us we wouldn't know the day or the hour, but we'll know the times. Well, the very first the- one,
0: that, though, you mentioned is extremely important because in Matthew 24, when Jesus gives this long series of signs, we are look for the very first one he mentions is false Christ and false prophets, and it's the only one he repeats, and he repeats it two more times, and says some of these will even do major signs to deceive people. Yes. Yes, that's right. So it's very important. Yep. and we've just had a literal explosion of this on the, both in America and on the world scene.
2: Well, America's hooked on the supernatural. The world is, but not on God's supernatural. And I believe that has helped prepare the way for the antichrist. That people will be craving spiritual things that of course don't lead them to God.
0: We've had this guy just recently out of Puerto Rico. Who's come in, uh, Jesus Miranda I believe is his name, claiming to be Jesus Christ in the flesh. And just like that he's got 60 churches in the United States yeah. and people giving him everything they've got. And and, and kissing his hand and all, and, and he's claiming to be Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, and he's in South Florida, I think, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. it's amazing what's happening, but it's happening right before our eyes. Folks, <laughs> do not despair. We see all these things, and you have a tendency to want to run for the hills and hide for cover. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, tell your lost friends about Jesus. Tell Amen. people about the Lord. Don't despair in this hour. This is a great hour for the church if we'll stand up and take advantage well,
0: of it. Well, that's what I tell pastors who, who so often tell me, well, I don't preach on Bible prophecy ever because uh, it doesn't have any relevance to the here and now. It's just all pie in the sky. Well, hey, a salvation has a relevance to the here and now. It's not just a fire insurance policy. It has to do with the, how you live right life right now and the blessings that you receive That's in right. this life. And the same with Bible prophecy. Anyone who ever believes that Jesus really is coming back, and number two that that can occur any moment will have their lives transformed. Because number one they will commit their lives to holiness. And number two, they'll commit their lives to evangelism. They'll want to share the gospel with as many people as they can, as quickly as they can. I don't know how anything could be more practical than that.
2: Oh, I think it's very practical. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to live my life as if he's coming back in any moment. Yes. But yet, plan my life as go. if I'm going to live to be a hundred. My grandmother right. is 103 in 10 months. Yes. My dad is 84, 84, in great health. You I have good genes. Like that, I got speed to jeans beat on the baseball. Bat. Exactly. I got good genes. <laughs> so I want to plan my life out. But I believe he could come any time. and and I think uh, as we see these signs take place the scripture says look up for your redemption draweth nigh.
0: Amen. That's the good
1: news. You took his line.
0: Well brother I I want to to thank you again Mm -hmm. for all that you've shared with us. I praise God for your ministry. We will be praying for you regularly and we'll be praying that God will magnify your voice and um, that you will be able to reach more and more people particularly the church. I'm so concerned about the church and I know you love the church and to Develop more discerning Christians who can really discern uh, truth when, and the lack of truth when they run across it. Thank you, brother. I okay. appreciate it. Well, folks, uh, that's our program for this week. I hope that you will be back with us next week, the Lord willing. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Today's program is included in a DVD album called Defending the Faith. All four of our half hour programs with Eric Barger are included in this information packed DVD. Few people can keep up with all the information and misinformation concerning cults and false religions. So now you can get authoritative, biblically solid teaching on these constantly changing topics. Eric has immersed himself in the study of the cults and you could benefit from his 25 years of research purchase this DVD for yourself and for your church library as a great learning resource for home Bible study groups, Sunday school classes, family viewing, and individual study. Topics covered are the New Age Movement, Universalism, the Emergent Church Movement, popular books with heretical teachings, apostasy in the Church, the Problem with Doctrinal Ignorance Among Christians, and How to Defend One's Faith. This wonderful DVD album containing all of our programs with Eric Barger is available for a gift of $15 plus the cost of shipping and handling and can be ordered by visiting lambline.com or by calling the number on your screen. On our website click on the TV Offers button. Defending the Faith is cataloged as D53. While on our website look for the button to sign up for our e-newsletter and the electronic version of our Lamplighter magazine. The 20-page bi-monthly lampladder contains in-depth articles about Bible prophecy and editorials linking prophecy with current events. Our e-newsletter is sent out every other week and also focuses primarily on prophetic news and events. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.